Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I am Joe, and as always, he's Mitch. Hello. 31. Ronald Dale Barassi. Really? That's a football reference, don't worry. And you're wearing your Melbourne jumper and everything. I am. Mm. I look like an athlete. No. No, I No, you're not. But speaking of athlete, you have been playing some stuff. Yes. Games. Oh, get straight not, into not it. Not sport. We will get straight into it. All right. Yes, we have been playing games. I thought I'd give up on Pool Nation, but I didn't. You didn't? I've gone back. Every now and then, if it's like a five minute, I've got nothing to do kind of thing, I'll go and have a couple of games. But yeah, I think I'm done. Yeah. I haven't been back since last month, I don't think. I've been busy with other stuff. But you've actually been busy. You've actually finished a couple of games. I have. I, I went back to Bulletstorm, I think a couple of months ago, I talked about giving up to play Peggle, but I went back and finished it, and it was fine. But the story just shat me. Like, I love the mechanics of the game and the look and the feel and everything like that, but the antagonist that you play is an asshole, and you sort of don't want him to survive, so you're playing this game where you're going, you're just a prick and everyone around you dies, because you're an asshole. Yeah. And you're sort of going, why am I liking this guy? I don't know, it was weird. It was like, this seemed a strange story. I enjoyed it when I played it. Admittedly, I haven't gone back since. I did have the big idea that maybe I could go back and try some of the multiplayer stuff, but I haven't. Obviously, mm. there's other stuff out there that piqued my interest more. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I finished it. It was fine. It was nice and short. It was just something that it was on the hard drive that I didn't have to get up to do. It was like, oh, yeah, I'll finish that. And I got addicted enough that I was playing it till half past 12 at night, going, oh, yeah, I'll just, just, just the next bit, just the next bit. Yeah, it was cool. Hmm. Well, that's good. And also, short games on the hard drive, you finished something else this month? Yes, I started and finished Flashback. Yes, now we've, we've kind of teased about the idea of trying Flashback many yes, times. I talked about it when I went to PAX last year and played the demo and how much we liked the Sega. Well, I think it was on a few platforms, but I played on the Sega Predominantly originally. Predominantly the Sega, I think, yeah. When I started up the game, I was happy to see that you could play the old Sega version in there. Okay. And I thought, oh, I'll give that a go first. So I'll actually play that one. And it was clunky and the buttons didn't make sense. It wasn't intuitive. It's like, oh, screw this. So I went and played the actual game and I I really dug it. Like, I haven't done like, really a side-scrolling platformer for a while and I could, I could get into them, I think. Okay. Like, when they work well and it was fine. It was like six hours long, which is perfect. Any longer than that, it would have laboured, I think. I've got it and I think I've probably only played through possibly half of the first level before I stopped. In fact, I think I may have even played through the first half of the level in the demo before I actually bought the full version, and I haven't gone back since buying the full version. So, yeah, it's something I've got sitting there that I probably should play. If you've got a lot of time over a weekend, you could probably nut it out. And I could play it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, I've been playing a few things. I haven't actually finished anything this week. Well, you're on the big games. Well, yes, and I'm also on the freebie games. I've been playing quite a bit of Saints Row the Third, which was the Games for Gold title month before last, and I got stuck on one mission for a while that sort of gave me a bit of irrits. But I managed to yeah, I managed to work out that I hadn't done any of the upgrades on my homies and my homie one of the missions that I was stuck on was a protect your homies from getting shot, being a sniper in a helicopter and then being a rocket launcher in a helicopter. And every time I tried to shoot the dudes that were coming up to his car, I ended up damaging my homie itself with the the splashback from the rocket launcher. And then I realised that, you know, I needed to upgrade his health. And once I did that, I got through it really easy. So I think I've played about eight hours of game time in that and I'm about 65% of the game. That's... Okay, I thought it would be bigger than that. Well, yeah, I'm not really sure whether they count all the collectibles and that sort of stuff in the percentage or whether that's just percentage of the story. Okay. Because there is, yeah, there's other collectibles, crates with money hiding around the city that you have to find, and there's, like, other crates that have, like, inflatable sex dolls in for some reason. I don't really understand that reference just yet, but uh, so be it. Mm -hmm. And I've unlocked the giant purple dildo weapon, but I haven't actually used it yet. I'm sticking to my uh, twin machine guns and twin pistols but yeah I'm, I'm enjoying that I've played as I said I've, I've played probably close to 8 hours worth and yeah it, it's something that you can quite easily jump on play a mission or mess about driving around town and running people over and stuff which is quite cool mm-hmm. yeah and other than that I've also played another one of the games for gold titles a fair bit and that's Street Fighter 4 or in fact, I think it was actually Super Street Fighter 4 that they gave away last month. And I've been playing a bit of that, and I've gone through and finished the arcade mode with a couple of characters to see their endings and played a little bit of that. And like a, a normal Street Fighter game, it plays identically to the old Street Fighter 2 that was back in the arcades back when... 
So you're, you're, a, a you're, a, you're a fighting game fan. I am. And you're a street fighter over anything else, aren't you? Have, we've discussed this before. I, yes, we have. And I think I prefer the style of street fighter with the quarter circles sort of movements Not rather te- than... Or uh, Tekken, I can't remember. I do like Tekken. Yeah. I can't you, say I'm a Mortal Kombat fan. Now, as a, out of all the Street Fighters, yep. how's this one right? It's probably not as good as the original Street Fighter 2, purely for nostalgia facts. So that mm-hmm. Of the Fight- modern Xbox X- 360 generation? Very good. Because you've got X... What, what is it? Street Fighter X Tekken or one of those? Yeah, I have. I've got Street Fighter X Tekken. I've played... Uh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Alpha or something like that's the other one that I wasn't a big fan of because they changed the characters a bit too much but Street Fighter 4 is back to the old pretty much uh, Ken and Ryu and Guile and all the original characters plus some extra new ones Alex? Uh, yes, I think Alex is That's the only one I like is Alex because so I've got the, the actual the overalls? Yes Yes, I think he's in it He's my favourite yeah, and there's I don't a couple think I've of... ever played him in a game. I just have a figure because I like the figure. <laughs> the look of it. The, the animation style is really good and the engine is really good. Again, it's a different engine to what they've got in Street Fighter X Tekken. I don't know what they really did with Street Fighter X Tekken, but there's gems and stuff that you equip to your, your fighter that gives them extra abilities. And that whole thing was just a bit too stupid. I think I didn't really get into that. But mm. this is good. You can just pick it up play for a bit put it down and the kids come in and watch me play it and then Beat my wife then up. tells me up <laughs> tells me off for them beating each other up but yeah it's fun and as i said it's you know i've been playing it on a fairly easy level and you can go from the start to the boss fight within about five minutes so it's a good little time filler to have on the uh, on the hard drive but other than that i haven't really been playing much they did turn the servers off on games for windows live so i did play a little bit of age of empires online before they killed the servers and then they were quite smart in their advertising that they decided to put a steam sale on for age of empires on the same week that they turned the servers off age of empires online so i went back and picked up age of empires 2 hd in steam for for 10 bucks so it's the same game essentially no what's Uh, the online the online one was more cartoony Okay. Whereas Age of Empires 2 HD is just a... So online you play other people? Is that the idea of online or no? You can play other people, or you can play just single... Well, you could until they turned the servers off. You could play just single player, but it was one of those things where you had to be online to play it. Okay, so, so you've now that got the same experience. Yeah, now yeah. that they've turned the servers off, that you can't play it anymore, so I've uninstalled that and had a bit of a play on Age of Empires 2. Mm-hmm which brought back some nostalgia because that was one of the first RTS games that I played and really got into. And now I've kind of opened the floodgates with my first official Steam purchase. Uh-huh. Who knows where I'll go from here. So. Well, I, I did play another little game. Well, um, to go back to the 360, I'm going through my digital pile of shame of going through what's on the hard drive I'm working through. And there was one called Prey I bought ages ago. I think it was $3 on sale. And all I knew was a first-person shooter. I think, you know, yeah, it's a space one or something. And it technically is a space one. You play a Native American person who wants to get off the reservation and his grandfather's all very spiritual and he's in a bar and his grandfather's saying, you're needed. It's like, go home, Grandpa. And he goes, I'm right where I need to be. (laughs) And then he's trying to convince his girlfriend who runs the bar and trying to convince her to leave with him. And then these two bikers are there and they sort of try and hit on his girlfriend so he gets in the fight and you pick up a wrench and beat the shit out of these guys in a very bloody beat up. And then all of a sudden the roof shakes and you look up and you get abducted by aliens, oh. as you do. Hmm. And basically, someone helps you. You don't know who yet. Sort of like you're on this conveyor belt sort of trap thing that you're being conveyed through with all these other humans through this spaceship. And you manage with help get to escape. And then it becomes you know first-person shooter where you run around. Where you've, you've got the wrench, but you pick up a gun pretty quickly. And yeah, shoot a bunch of people. Like it, 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 it's interesting. Like it's, it's a normal first-person shooter. They've got some alien guns in there, so they just react a little bit different. So it's not Call of Duty. There is aspects of Portal in there, which is kind of cool. And there's anti-gravity walkways, so you can sort of walk upside down and on walls on in certain areas. So there's interesting tropes in the game that's fairly generic. It's quite an old game, though, isn't it? That's I think so. Yeah, I think. It was actually almost a launch title. Uh, it looks fairly old. And yeah. like I was saying, it's got elements of Portal, so I think if I played it when it first came out, it would have been innovative. Cutting edge. Hmm. But now it's sort of like, oh yeah, that's, that's novel. I've okay. seen I've seen all this before. But so far I'm into it. It's only meant to be like eight hours at the most, so I can look at that. 
and it's enough to keep me interested but something I did do and I think it was after this podcast last time I talked about Sega was it, did we talk about we did Mega Drive? Yes, I went and got the ROM for King Chameleon <laughs> and got an emulator and found my old USB control pad for the PC and I went back and played some King Chameleon. And fuck, those games were hard. They were. Back in the day, the, the length of a game was purely not just the amount of story. It was because it was just so hard to get through. Because, yeah, you've got to be just spot on, like a lot more... A lot of the games now are forgiving. Like, I guess, with the first-person shooters or third-person shooters, you can get shot quite a bit and get health packs and rest and get your health back up and things like that. Where now, it's like, you jump, you die. You know, you've got three lives and you fuck up, you... That's it. Start again. It's it's fun to go back and play that. It's funny thinking back of the old games, like... I remember having the Atari 2600 and I had a few of those like fairly long games like River Raid was, was a favourite. That's what I was about to mention. So it was like, I was never very good at Pitfall, <coughs> but Pitfall 2 was the first game that I actually managed to get all the way to the end oh, of. You clocked it as I we did. used to call it. I, I can remember when I was in, uh, I think I was in very early high school, so year seven or something like that, I had chicken pox. And I, can remember, I don't remember that game. <laughs> It was pretty contagious. <laughs> no, I had chicken pox when I was younger, and I can remember being in bed for a week and not being able to do a hell of a lot, and I actually managed to finish Pitfall 2 while I was off sick with the chicken pox. So, so did you always it. jump over the crocodiles, or did you like to jump on their faces? Sometimes you can jump on their heads, but if you yeah. don't get you it don't get quite a good right. angle, there was always a bit of a trick. If you ran left rather than running right sometimes when you first started, there was like yeah, extra bonuses and stuff. But yes. I think back in the old gaming days, Pitfall 2 was probably the only game that I did actually I think complete. I ever clocked any. Because back in, I mean, the Atari game, there was no saves. There was no game saves. No. So you just kept going into that. It wasn't until, yeah, I think we mentioned it last time with Mega Drive, you could get codes. Yeah, I always play. remember Lost Vikings and, and Lemmings on the PC as well had like the codes and you'd end up writing them down you'd have all these bits of paper next to your computer with you know, these massive long codes <coughs> well I remember the instruction booklet had a little page for notes yeah and codes yeah. thanks to EA we don't have instructions for games anymore do well, we when's the last time you looked at one it's been a while well, I, I bought you a Witcher for Christmas which you haven't played but I think that <laughs> I think that wouldn't close the the, yeah, the the book yes the book was so thick in that one so I think it's a novel yes well, you mentioned picking up Prey in one of the sales They've just had the Xbox Ultimate Gamer sale. Yeah. And I must say this year... How many did you pick up? Well, there was probably two titles that I would have picked up, but I already had them. They had Peggle 2 was one of their daily sales on for half price, and I sort of had a bit of a whinge about it, and then my wife's like, you couldn't have waited. You would have waited. No, you had to have bought Peggle 2 when it first came out. You couldn't have waited, you know, two months down the track. But yeah, there there was a few things on sale but there was nothing that really jumped out at me as being super good value maybe this is the uh, sign of things to come maybe we've running out yeah we maybe we've hit that crest of the the good xbox games for cheap oh well i I think they're still playing well it's what you call cheap i mean there was i know the trials games were there and you had trials evolution which i don't have but you did so that was like seven dollars and they had trials trials fusion fusion one that was was 19 or something so it's still not that cheap but no cheaper than it would be full price that's a lot for a digital game but it's a massive game it's like a two and a half gig download okay there's there's stuff for somebody out there I I didn't check every day because I forget that this ultimate sale is at new ones every day yeah I didn't realise there was daily sales until it was like only a couple of days left which was a bit of a shame yeah but yeah I I don't need more games no I don't think so and it's kind of like you say are they running out of titles because this month's games for gold were two arcade titles rather than being an on demand title well the thing is I suppose okay. arcade titles are Xbox only yeah. and they're the ones that they sort of got access to to give away yeah, more exactly. than anything else so it'll be interesting and and then come next month in August they've got the uh, summer of arcade or winter of arcade down here but I've heard absolutely nothing about this year's titles absolutely so, nothing yeah it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that well yeah so you think you would have seen it by now yeah normally they kind of announce something at PAX but I think they were probably too busy shilling all their other games. Yeah, Sunset Overdrive and all that sort of stuff. So who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Speaking of packs, I actually watched a few more trailers because I told you last time I was a bit underwhelmed. But we talked our love of Borderlands constantly. That Gearbox have actually made a new game, and I forget what it's titled at the moment. But it it's a full- Bloodborne or something like that. Something, but it's again, it's got a unique art style, not like Borderlands, but it's got its own 
sort of cartoony style again, but different. Yep. And it looks like it's a almost fern, not fern gully. It's it's, it's a lot more bright. Yeah. I, I think the premise they said was all of the universes or all the planets in the universe are being destroyed, and it's kind of like a representative from each race of planets. Yeah, so it looks like there's, there's pixies. Aliens. So it looks almost fantasy, but then you've got, still got guns and things like that. So yep. there's robots. So it looked like something I would play. Going on the fact that yeah. I like Borderlands, this is the same people, and it's that four person shoot 'em up mm. versus yeah. So it's sort of like not a game changer for me to buy an Xbox One or anything, but it's there. Yeah, as I said, they had the um, the little click here to watch the trailer on the first page of of the Xbox 360 dashboard, and I watched it. And initially, I wasn't blown away, but then I heard I think Giant Bomb were talking about it, and they went a bit more in depth about the gameplay and the the premise, and it's intriguing. So be interesting to see if that's any good. But I mean, what twelve over twelve months ago now we talked about it. There was Gearbox that came out with that f- awesome foursome or something about the World War Two Furious Four. Furious Four. Nothing. Still nothing. Uh, apparently, it's, still coming. But it has been given a release date now, but they've completely revamped the uh, the premise of it. I think. Oh, that's then, what I wanted. Remember E three two years ago? They talked about Fortnite, the Epic game that was going to be like Cliffy B's last game before he left Epic, and mm. that still hasn't come out. Rumor has it that is still a game. So okay, who knows? That might still come up. And I did hear recently that Cliffy B's gone back into PC game development, and there might be something coming out from him from that. So mm. going back to his roots. So who knows? Maybe there is some good game coming out in the future? I'm sure there will be. Well, there's WWE 2K15 that's coming out in October. Oh, with, with the exclusive Sting. Yes. Two which, generations of Sting. Which they've hyped up a little bit. And I don't know if that's going to be enough to make me jump. I didn't buy 2K14. I've only played 13. So maybe I should buy every second year rather than bothering oh, they'll every be, They'll be know. cheap. There's sales. Yeah, who knows. So we got 13 was on a sale. Exactly. But if they could only give you the option to import your creator wrestlers from one to the next generation... But that's what you love, making oh, your wrestlers. No, no, but I've put so much effort into it. Uh, too much to They're all still there. Anyway, that's yeah. probably gaming, unless that's you've got anything else you want to mention. Nope. Alrighty, should we jump into movies? Let's get into movies. Have you been to the cinema this month, Mitch? A few times, actually. You have. I got to see a couple of advanced screenings, which they're not so advanced now, they're both out, but luckily I got an advanced screening of Transformers Dawn of Extinction, or whatever it's called. Transformers Transformers 4. Two hours too long? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's been a few weeks now, so I'm a lot calmer about it, and I'm nowhere near as bad as fresh from my other podcast. I was going to say, yeah, if you want to listen to someone that really doesn't like Transformers 4, you should probably listen to the Geek Dudes podcast. It's funny, because I hated Man of Steel at the time, and they liked it on that podcast. And yep. The thing is, I was vet- so much vested interest in Man of Steel being good, whereas they liked it, obviously, mm. a lot more than I did, where I think Fresh likes Transformers a lot more than I do, where I came away going, it's just not a very good film. And that was it. That was my takeaway from it, where he is angry. Yeah, he kind of took it as a personal offence to him that this movie was bad. Yeah, so um, take that on board, that if you haven't seen it yet and you haven't read the 17% ratio on Rotten Tomatoes, that it's not very good. It's less good. than that now, isn't it? Hasn't it dropped to 13? Well, either way, it's not good. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. I, I saw the trailer and thought, no, this isn't my movie. It's just got some so many bad bits. The product placement, the characterization, the plot, the, the reasons the characters do what they do. There's just so many aspects of it that are just like, why? You. I mean, it's funny because at the start of the movie when he goes you've seen the trailer where he goes and finds Optimus Prime he's yeah. a junker and he goes and finds it it's in a cinema for no fucking reason <laughs> and they go through and they're looking through what they can find for scrap and what they can use and they go, and the old guy who used to run the cinema goes oh you know nowadays it's all movies aren't the same it's all sequels and, and tie-ins or what is it reboots or something Sequels, sequels and reboots it's like yeah. fucking you're aware <laughs> yet you're still making the same bad mistakes like yeah. it's a beautiful looking film there's some great action set pieces in there the guy knows how to direct a film but fucking hell it needs a plot so even Stanley Tucci couldn't save it unfortunately he's alright Kelsey Grammer's alright Wahlberg's Wahlberg I don't mind Wahlberg so I can get by that but just some of the aspects of it just like why TJ Miller I don't care you, you got a man crush for him <laughs> I don't give a shit yeah I, I mean I don't care enough to hate it that's the thing where if you care you'll hate it where I've got friends who do like it like they're fans and they went and they said it's the best of the lot so I don't know I can't pick it it's it's one of those weird ones but it, it is way too long yeah and 
product have placement to wait too is long. ridiculous. You have to wait too long until the Dinobots show up. Not that they're worth the wait anyway, yeah. unfortunately. But oh, the product placement is seriously ridiculous. And China is the market now. I mean, it is tailored for the Chinese market. It's very popular there. But I found out that the Bumblebee, the yellow Camaro, sold yeah. three times as much in China than it did in America. So okay. obviously it was already popular there anyway. And he's banking on that. So he's a smart man, Michael Bay. This is the thing. He does so many things correctly for the right or wrong reasons. I'm not saying he's a genius. I'm just saying he will marketing wise and making a movie that will sell to the world he's done that but you can make a good film too but just some of the product placement is ridiculous because there's a bit where Stanley Tucci's waiting on the rooftop to be saved and he just and it's not his rooftop it's just where he's at and there's a little fridge in the side so while he's waiting he just opens it and there's a little juice box in there <laughs> so he drinks his juice box and then a noise happens and he just stops and slowly looks and it's a good 25 second shot of him <laughs> drinking this juice box which which is obviously product placement. Yep. And there's another bit where he's in a, his limo talking to his assistant, who's a Chinese assistant. And they cut to her drinking a bottle of water, which is a Chinese branded water. No reason that scene needed to be in it, but there she is drinking, drinking this bottle of water. It's okay. like, oh, you are totally pandering, but it's popular over there and it's doing what it has to do. So is it as bad as Wayne's Road with the pizza box with it's the I will not bow that down to any sponsor? Ridiculous. That's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Well, as a tribute, I caught up with Joel a couple of weekends ago and we actually watched the. Uh, 1984 Transformers animated movie. So I think I'll just keep it at that. Well, there is a link there. Yeah, I heard the there's s- a lot of similarities. Well, there's the, the song The Touch. And Mark Wahlberg in yes. Boogie Nights sang The Touch. Badly. Yeah, well. He's no Stan Bush. No. Yeah. And so, I. I so well, get that as it is it is not a good film by any measure but some people like it so I'm not saying don't I'm just warning you that it's long if there was no Transformers 1, 2 or 3 and this was your movie going into it would you think it would be better if they didn't have more of a history uh, yeah because we wouldn't have seen anything like it before hmm. but it's so just aspects okay. I mean I don't want to go into plot but yeah, yeah. go listen to Fresh's rant if you want to hear exactly what's wrong with it that but I did see another preview screening last week yeah and i saw dawn of the planet of the apes okay and now that's a good film that's a great film in fact like i really liked rise of and this is dawn of and it's it's as good if not better okay and just i mean it's funny because the apes were so good whenever the humans were interacting with humans it's like oh for fuck's sake get back to the apes that was really boring and slow for some reason oh so good one issue I have with it, and it's not a big one, there's a bit, which is really cool when you see all the apes on, on horseback. Yep. You see a bunch of apes and there's a couple on horseback. There's a gorilla on the horseback. Gorillas weigh 800 kilos. Horses shouldn't be taking that sort of weight. That's the only issue I have. It's like, <laughs> oh, poor horse. Yeah. But apart from that, fucking amazing. Were they CGI apes or were they actors in costume? CGI. It was all motion yeah. capture. And so seriously, not, you cannot tell. It it's is not like amazing. the Helena Bottom Carter with the makeup on from that other one? No, the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. I mean, that's the only good thing about Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes is the makeup. Because okay. they, um, Tim Roth is phenomenal in that movie. Yeah. Um, Helena Bottom Carter's okay. But yeah, the... the the effects or the, the makeup, amazing. But the plot and the story and everything. And Wahlberg again. But yeah, this movie is amazing. See, like, I haven't seen a Planet of the Apes movie since the original Planet of the Apes. Well, this is technically connected. You can easily go, all right, the previous one with James Franco leads into this one, which is 10 years later, which is heading towards the one you've seen. Okay. So they, I highly recommend it. So good. Like, as far as filmmaking goes, it's amazing. And there's some great shots and great performances. And it's purely through the motion capture stuff. It, like, the humans forget it. The apes are amazing. And the world building they've done with the apes society it makes sense okay. it's, it's amazing filmmaking so I don't know how many more times I can say amazing but yes <laughs> Planet Apes awesome and one other cinema experience for you one more I saw Edge of Tomorrow with the guy who likes to run Mr Tom Cruise yeah well, I remember back in our Great Expectations episode we mentioned that we'd seen the trailer for this and it, it looked good it is very good I'm quite keen to see it but Do it. I think I'm probably leaving my run a bit I late I think you it's, probably missed it yeah I think it's probably finished at the cinemas now which is a bit but of a shame. so worth it really good smart science fiction film well, it's good to hear and as much as everyone wants to bag out Tom Cruise he doesn't make bad movies anymore no he hasn't really made bad movies at all like there might be a couple of not <coughs> good it's a Ridley Scott film it's not exactly his best movie anyway but yeah I'm not saying it's a great film I'm saying it's bad it's no Dark Crystal thank Christ (laughs) but yeah everyone I've heard with their reviews of Edge of Tomorrow say it's it's well worth it and there's a lot to it that 
just doesn't come up in the trailers. Like, oh god, no! I mean, it's it's, it's really good, well made, great special effects, good plot. It's really, really good and quite funny. Okay, well, it's Groundhog Day mm. sci-fi. It's good, and Tom is good in it. Like you said, he doesn't make bad films, but the guy can act. As much as you can not agree with his religious beliefs or anything like that, but yep. he can act. Okay. Well, I've had one trip to the cinema. And I went and saw the big budget sequel, How to Train Your Dragon 2. And and I was a little bit underwhelmed. Is that because your wife saw it like 14 times? My wife had already seen it twice in two days. talked it up. And yeah, really talked it up. And we'd gone back and we'd rewatched the first one at home. And we'd watched quite a bit of the Dragons Riders of Burke TV series leading into it. But then I think they made it a bit too dark. Mm-hmm. The storyline was really heavy, and they changed the animation style a little bit, which I had a bit of trouble with. And a couple of the new characters that they introduced, I didn't really care for that much. But it still looked really pretty, and the music in it is awesome. It's probably the best music I've heard in a, an animated movie, as far as the soundtrack goes. It just gives you that feeling of emotion of the the, the flying. Still okay. feels great, but yeah, the whole subject matter just yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of, and. A couple of the characters, they they kind of changed them a bit more than they needed to be changed, I think, which was a bit of a shame. Is it only change? No. I fear change. <laughs> that being said, there was bits of it I did like, but, yeah, on a whole, I'd rather watch the first one again, which is a bit of a shame. I have watched a couple of movies at home, being the fact that it was school holidays. I've now watched the Lego movie about four more times. I've finally seen a Lego movie. <laughs> That's the thing. I saw the Lego movie and Transformers in the same week. Yep. They are both commercials. Yes. Transformers is a commercial for cars I can't afford and a bunch of other stuff like this Chinese water or yep. Chinese juice box or whatever. The other commercial I saw was Lego movie, which just happens to be a phenomenal plot. <laughs> like a really enjoyable movie with a great plot that's well executed but you don't care that it's a big ad because afterwards all I wanted to do was buy Lego yeah put Lego together and I may now own the Back to the Future Lego set and I may have (laughs) coming overseas from overseas the Ecto-1 Ghostbusters Lego set which looks very impressive so yes I well done Lego well done but yeah my kids have been Lego crazy over the school holidays I had a week off work myself and we went to three separate Lego related activities including a very well organised Lego exhibition over the other side of town as part of Inside the Brick which I would highly recommend going to Inside the Brick in Fairfield if you're a Melbourne person and you have kids that like Lego is that a permanent thing? Inside the Brick is a permanent thing and the and the brick is a Lego relation, um, um, a Lego thing. It's no? basically a room full of Lego where the kids can go and just build things and stuff. Whereas they had an exhibition on last weekend in Moorabbin Town Hall, which was uh, a bunch of people that were displaying stuff that they A-foles. built. A foals, exactly. Adult yes. fans of Lego. Yes. And they also had, basically, it was a, a massive room in the Moorabbin Town Hall with one half was all displays where you could go and look at what people had built. Some of them were just dioramas made of actual Lego sets, like Lego City sets and stuff like that. And other ones were purpose-built ones from scratch, which was very impressive. And then the other half of the room, they just had probably a couple of dozen tables set up with big buckets of Lego. And the kids could just go nuts and build Lego. Well, a bit of controversy with the adult fans of Lego. Yes. As of last week, I have a friend who is an adult fan of Lego and an ambassador for Lego. There's a weird community there. But one of the shows here in Australia called Sunday Night, which is sort of a very light-hearted, current affairs-y sort of program. One they, night sat on. <laughs> and they had a competition where you had kids had to send in their favourite Lego that they've put together, and the winner gets a prize to okay. get flown to Sydney for a Lego exhibition. Yeah. And this eight-year-old kid won it by making Luna Park. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what Luna Park is, it is a um, it's an old fun park sort of thing from the turn of the century and it's a a face like a you walk the gate to the building to go in is a sort of a clown face that you go through the mouth and it was this very well made lego clown face entrance to luna park he won this trip which is great pity it's a photo that they've taken (laughs) off the internet of an adult fan of lego's thing that he made three years ago and the photo is actually from when he displayed it in bendigo at a lego exhibition a couple of years ago and on my friend's facebook she was talking about it and all this and that so there was a link to the page where they congratulated this kid on winning and the mum's like oh my i'm so proud of my son he did this and they go oh they didn't and then all these a-foles are in there being (laughs) a-holes going oh he didn't do it and they're going oh just because you couldn't make that 
candidate doesn't mean he can't. It's like, we're not saying he can't. If he copied it, he's doing an amazing job, but he didn't do it. <laughs> and okay. yeah, this big Facebook debate over Lego was quite interesting. Mm. That, that's a bit of a shame. So everything they, is not awesome. No. And they, they obviously didn't do their fact-checking before they handed out the it's prize to this poor kid. Poor kid. Yes. I mean, he's getting away with it. Okay. And that's what they were saying. They weren't picking on the kid. They were picking on the parents saying, Oh, Take you, it, they let him yeah, do it. it's like, oh, morally corrupt, morally inept. Well, anyway. that, yes. Well, I, I think my kids have actually steering a little way away from the movie. They watched it probably three times in one day. And then the following weekend, they've decided that they wanted to watch Frozen pretty much back to back. And I think that's my wife's doing as well, that she would rather watch Frozen than the Lego movie. So. Do you want to build a snowman? Yeah, I've just seen memes. That's well, it. my son decided he wanted to watch Frozen on the the Sunday afternoon, and then we have friends that come over most Sunday nights, and she hadn't seen Frozen as well. And, and little seven year old Will's there going, "Would you like to watch Frozen?" And they're like, "But you already just watched it." But no, they sat down and watched it in the afternoon, then again in the evening. So. Yes. Well, gone are the days when you'd hire a video from the video library and you had to get it back like the next day and you'd watch it as many times as you could before you had to take it back. Yes, the joy of being able to save things on a hard drive and just watch them over and over. Mm. That well, being said, as well, well speaking like of... X, like what, Netflix or something? Exactly. Well, I did watch something on Netflix the other you day. Did? I was looking through and I actually pushed play on something instead of add to queue, Escape from Tomorrow, which I thought, what's this movie looked on it? It's the, you may have seen the news for it a couple of years ago where it was a gorilla film made in Disneyland without their permission. And when you originally said this to me, I know you being the big monkey fan, I instantly thought <laughs> gorilla as in giant ape, but you meant gorilla as, as in... in- Covert operation. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a movie made on GoPros and little HD cams set in Disneyland. Well, they don't actually say where, but you know. Yes. And it took them like a year to film, and it's sort of an alien invasion movie sort of thing. Like, it's, you've got to sort of see it to be done. It's a, it's in beautiful black and white, so it, it actually looks quite good, and it's amazing how they did it. So they're secretly filming a movie in Disneyland. Whether they're involved, I don't know. Like, they tried to get the movie not be released because, obviously, it was filmed without permission but they've got away with it whether behind the scenes Disney are involved and they're going to get money back from it I don't know but there's a bit where they go through to It's a Small World and there's no music in that scene where that ride is like seven minutes long and you hear nothing but the It's a Small World song and it drives you insane okay. I was insane going through this ride I read the trivia on this movie to get all the scenes that they had to do to film it they went through it 27 times oh I don't know how they didn't go nuts. Yeah, so as an achievement for what it is and how, it's amazing. But it's not the best film I've ever seen or anything. But for what and how they had to do it, it's like, wow, that's an achievement. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Interesting, anyway. Well, well, something else that I've I've watched, well, a couple of things, actually, before we get into our topic, which is more movies this month. Mm. I got around to watching Nonstop. That's now out on Foxtel. And Nonstop is kind of taken on a plane, you could say. It's Liam Neeson playing a kind of washed-up alcoholic air marshal on a plane that gets hijacked, and they kind of twist it around to make it look like he's actually the hijacker. Mm-hmm. Bits of it were good. Bits of it were so far-fetched it wasn't funny. Okay. But it was... It's Liam Neeson, so no matter how shitty the film is, it's normally pretty well acted. Yep. So I, I don't know if I could recommend that as a serious movie to watch, but if you've got an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes, and you feel like a bit of mindless Liam Neeson, I'd say give that a go. Mm-hmm. And following on from last month seeing X-Men Days of Future Past, my wife and I have gone back and Gosh. watched... Yes. <laughs> well, we've come back and watched all of the X-Men movies. All of them? Yes. Every single one? Including Wolverine and Wolverine Origins. Oh, you watched Wolverine Origins. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Wolverine Origins wasn't as bad as X-Men Last Stand. After watching X-Men Last Stand, I almost lost my will to live. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Because X-Men 2 is awesome. Yes. Of its time, it was probably one of the best superhero the movies around. The sequence is amazing. Yeah. I keep saying amazing. <laughs> I've got to stop saying amazing. Man, X-Men Last Stand is just so bad. A lot of problems. Brett Ratner cops all of the brunt for that. Now, I don't know if I can blame him. I, I'd like to blame him for all of it because I don't like him very much, but I think he was given a script. I think it went through a lot of people's hands and, and they had a release date. They had everything lined up with better director, so he sort of came in as work for hire at the end and did what he could from yep. what I can gather. So did he, you know, 
do the best he can or a better director could have done a better job but it's just terrible it, it's just a terrible movie Juggernaut looks and is terrible it, I don't know I thought Juggernaut was probably my favourite bit terrible. of the movie I'm he ju- does look terrible but Vinnie Jones is pretty good yes I'm Juggernaut bitch which is from an internet meme and they put it in <laughs> yeah uh, well, it, that, that was around the same sort of time as Snakes on a Plane, wasn't it? Where they changed the whole bit of the plane just for the... Yeah, pretty much. Get these motherfucking snakes off this motherfucking plane. And, I mean, it's just, and the plot just had no... They spent up two movies building up Magneto as this character that loves mutants and will do anything for mutant kind. Yeah. And in the third movie, he just sacrificed mutants like you wouldn't believe just to get his agenda done. And I was just like, no, you have you have no idea what movie you're making. You killed Cyclops off screen. You know, just yeah. all these factors. It's just like, this is terrible. I'm not spoiling for you, by the way. But, but thankfully, when you go back to watching Days of Future Past and so even good. The Wolverine, it's like they've completely forgotten that previous storyline. established it in the way where it's like, yeah, that three, yeah, it happened, but not anymore. Not anymore. You exactly. can acknowledge Which is you don't have to worry about it anymore. And it's fantastic for them. And that being said though I did kind of like the Wolverine, the Wolverine. up to a point mm-hmm. up until they got to like the mecha samurai sort of robot thing. had to have a big fight at the end yeah I didn't like that but the whole like Wolverine losing his powers and almost being human and going through the fight scenes and actually getting hurt I kind of liked yeah, that's a good little and, film and that's what I liked about it because in a year where there were so many cities being destroyed and big big scale action movies this was a nice little film that- yeah there was enough destruction to make it a superhero movie but there was wasn't, wasn't the top cities being destroyed like even that scene where they're on the train there wasn't really a lot really of damage well in scene. that train no so it's good it's actually a really good film and the unrated version's pretty nasty okay, I don't know which version I saw but there was a bit of gore in it mm. a lot of arrows in the back in that's that, it that I think scene. yeah but no that was kind of cool and yeah other than that that probably brings us up to our topic movies yes which was the cult movie challenge which we should trademark, I think. We probably should. So we named them last week. So let's start. Soylent Green. Now, I haven't rewatched this. I have seen it a while ago. You've watched it for the first time. So. Yeah. This is probably my least favourite of the four films. Mm. I don't know how much we want to go into as far as spoilers go for a 1973 movie. I'll try not to. I didn't know the premise. I knew. I, I, I think knew the I, twist. <laughs> I, I did know the twist, but I didn't really know how it all fell into place. And the twist is how it ends. Literally how it ends. And I think that's what I didn't like about it. It's the fact that he finds out the big revelation, but he doesn't do anything about it because that's the end of the movie. The credits roll. Because he can't. Well, I, mean, that's yeah. a, I suppose you knew the revelation. I did. So you imagine yourself sitting in the cinema in 1973. You've gone through this whole experience of a film. I probably wouldn't be enjoying it because I would have been two. Yes, but imagine yourself now. <laughs> oh, okay. So you've gone through that whole thing and then the revelation at the end is like, what the fuck? Credits. Yeah. And then you sit there and think, it's not about him doing the action. It's about you doing it. I, I was trying to think afterwards after watching it, I hadn't seen a lot of Charlton Heston movies other than Planet of the Apes and Bowling for Columbine. So, yeah, my opinion of Charlton Heston's probably not what it should have been going into this movie. I know. I can't think of what else I would have seen. You haven't seen Tough Guys? No. Ben-Hur? No, I've seen a bit of the Ten Commandments. Omega Man? No, I haven't seen Omega Man. Mm. That could have been one that we could have put in the, uh, oh, the challenge. Another so. one. Yeah, yeah I don't, there's such a difference between movies made in the 70s and movies I the way they're made 70s now. I love 70s films. Like, there's re- that one they're, they're like science fiction movies, yeah. but they're not toy tie-ins. They're not trying to sell anything else. They are science fiction stories yeah. made for adults. So yeah, exactly. Which probably takes us nicely into the so second that's what you movie. want to talk about Solomon Green? You did, you were a bit befuddled by the end? Yeah, by the end of it, I was just kind of like, just get it over with, I think. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I've watched it, because I mean, now I can understand. It's a police procedural, is what it is. I mean, the closest thing you could sort of say is it's like a minority report, where, you know, yeah. he's a copper going through, working out what the crime is, and who did it, and what, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And just set in this dystopian future. <laughs> Which, when you look at it now, is very much the set in the 70s. Yeah, it's very, very 70s. <laughs> it's very 70s. Well, speaking of 70s. Yes, well, also same year. 73. Great year, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, around November. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But the other movie from 1973 that I watched was Westworld. Jurassic Park. Oh. And now I understand the connection when you said <laughs> Jurassic Park last time. It's written and directed by Michael Crichton, starring Yul Brenner as a, a robot that becomes sentient by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Very well acted by Yul Brenner. Or not acted. Well, However yes. you want to look at it, yes. He was very robotic in his yes. performance, which 
he was meant to be, which is probably well acted. Mm-hmm. And the other main characters in it were Richard Benjamin, who looked familiar, but I didn't really know anything he'd been in, and James Brolin, who I think is Barbara Streisand's husband now. Correct, yes. And I thought he was going to be the main character of the movie, but Richard Benjamin was Don't probably... Don't forget Dick Van Patten. Yeah. How could you forget Dick Van Patten? But the, the whole premise was it's a very expensive fantasy getaway resort theme park where you can live out your fantasy to either live in the wild west or live in ancient rome or medieval europe and where there's robots yeah robots play the roles of all the npcs basically yes (laughs) and you can just yes you've got guns that will not fire on humans but will only fire on robots and the least sort of fail safes that are in there and yeah like we said your brenner's character basically glitches and goes around starting killing people Mm. And just the end of the movie with the robot hunting them down, I just thought Faceless was really robot. well done. Yeah, it had lots of... You could see bits where they'd taken bits of Terminator. They've obviously got some ideas from Westworld. And, so, basically, and, it's Jurassic Park. Yeah. So, it's a fun park that goes awry. Yeah, Yes, exactly. Your Brenner is the T-Rex. Yes. <laughs> Clever girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember like, yeah, again, I didn't re-watch this one, but I have fond memories of it. And there just isn't enough sci-fi westerns around. So, I There's really is there? Yeah. Maybe I just They're not say. good, <laughs> but there's a few. Yeah. Brave Star. No, it's a cartoon. I was thinking more adult things. There's that one that's got Paul Bethany in. What's that? Priest or something? Yes. Yeah. No, that wasn't very good either. But anyway. After F. Yeah. Well, that was our two older science fiction movies that I haven't seen. And what are you thinking? You like in the 70s. Is that what you're saying? Um, one I liked and one I didn't like. But you like in the tone of 70s I did sci-fi. like the tone of 70s well, I think maybe we watch I Am... Well, no, I Am Legends, the book. Omega Man. Maybe is, I should. Because we could watch... It is I Am Legends, same story. Yeah. But yeah, all well, right. Probably better time. than I, Robot. I liked I, Robot. Yeah, I didn't like the ending. And I didn't oh, like you were the endings. I didn't like his converse that he bought. That was a bit <laughs> That was a bit shit. And, yeah, the two modern ones we watched. Firstly, we watched a very low-budget 2004 Ridiculously film. Ridiculously low-budget. Called... Primer. Or is it Primer? I say Primer. I've heard a lot of people call it Primer. Well, there's only one M. True. There is only one M, so it must be Primer. <laughs> Which is a accidental time travel movie, you could probably call it. Yeah. I mean, there's... there's yeah. Like the quick premise is these guys are trying to do it from what I gather a startup in their garage they're making something you don't really get an idea of what they're making they're, they're, they're putting components together and they're building and then one guy stumbles upon time travel in this little device that I they make. I think based on what they say on the wiki, they're trying to reduce the weight of a package to make it cheaper to ship or something like okay. that. Mm. And in the process of the making it lighter, it kind of skips ahead in time kind yep. of thing. Yep. So in this, they sort of come up with a plan to do time travel and make money. So it involves them making a bigger version of this, putting it in a self-storage device and then putting themselves back in time so I don't want to say too much more as to how it plays out but it's very low key it's very low budget there's no special effects to speak of no it's all just in conversation the acting for guys who aren't really actors is okay yeah it looks alright it looks it, it it's on like video it, was, yeah, it it's, looks like it was filmed on video which is the only thing that lets it down and a couple of the, the lighting especially in the indoor scenes yeah kind of fluctuates a little bit so it's funny that they haven't tried to remake it because it's perfect like you get the same director give him money and remake this with actors and yeah. film but why it's made it's done yeah. it does and what it has to do it, and it's just really clever and we went and checked the wiki afterwards and there's like a diagram to show how the um the time travel works and it's just ridiculously fucking clever like the, they've thought this to the like alright they have no money to make this film but they have thought about everything and it makes it yeah, makes sense the concept and the the execution of that concept is very well done. As you said, it was filmed very low budget, and there was one scene where they were on a roof, and he opens the door of the the, the stairs to get up onto the roof, and both of us kind of look at each other and sort of went, "Oh, hi, Mark." Because yeah. it does feel very reminiscent of, of the room, of the room, and, yeah. and Tommy Wiseau. But that being said, forget the room. Because it's a lot better than The Room. and Not as much fun as The Room. No. But uh, so goddamn clever. And you will watch it and you'll kind of forget that the quality is not quite there in the acting and the the film work, purely for the fact that the concept is so engrossing. I I really enjoyed it. No, I'm glad I saw it. It I've heard a lot of things about it, never got around, and we added to that list and it was, yeah, glad I saw it. Just like the next one. Yes. 
Our and last one of the challenge. Which we just watched last night mm-hmm. was the 2009 Duncan Jones film Moon. Moon. And again, I somehow managed to avoid all spoilers of this movie. I thought I knew some, but I obviously didn't. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad I didn't know because, yeah, we're not going to spoil this because it's too new and it's worth seeing. And I don't want to, I really don't want to spoil. Yeah. Needless to say, it's pretty much a one-hander with Sam Rockwell yep. as, as playing a, a um, would you call him an astronaut? He's a worker. They, they basically, they graze the dark side of the moon with, and he maintains the operation as a one-hander. Yeah, he's, he's running the space station on the dark side of the moon with a almost sentient robot computer voiced by Kevin Spacey. Yep. Very reminiscent of Hal from 2001. Yeah, and um, basically he... It's his adventures in his last two, three weeks. On He does a three-year contract and he's going to go home in three weeks. So it's sort of like those last three weeks on the, on the space station. And without going any further into it, it's pretty cool. Like, there are twists... I'll tell you there's twists, but they're not... It's not like Silent Green where it's the last scene, go to credits. The twist comes in 45 minutes in. And, and when then, the twist comes in, it was something... As I said, I, I knew nothing about what the twist was. I The only thing I knew on this movie was... It was Sam Rockwell pretty much on his, his own, own carrying the film. And when the twist comes, I was like, hang on, where's this going sort of thing? Mm. And just the acting... The, the way it's filmed, and again, the concept. And it's, again, like Primer, it's really clever. Like, they've yeah. thought a lot of things through. Because I know your wife was sort of saying things at the start, going, oh, why this, why this? And then you wait a half hour or 45 minutes, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It, that's explained. For his first film, it's so confident. Yeah. But, yeah, there's there was a couple of scenes in it where Sam Rockwell's acting was just phenomenal. Now, you, did you know Sam before when, this? When it first started and, and he was there with the beard, I was like, well, maybe Sam Rockwell's not who I was thinking of because he looked younger than who I thought it was. But then I realised that what I know him from is Iron Man 2. Yep. And, yeah, it was the same guy I was thinking of. I, I don't think I've seen anything else that he's been in. Yeah, I, I dig him. He's one of my favourite actors. I mean, even Welcome to Collinwood, which is a terrible film. He's okay in it. But I saw him first in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind and absolutely fell in love with him. I okay. thought, like, he is great in that movie. The movie's great. And who is this guy? He's fantastic. So he's like the new Don Turturro for me. Like, I saw Barton Fink and saw Don Turturro. I was like, this guy's amazing. But, yeah. And in Iron Man 2, he's just great like yeah. his characterization is fantastic um and this movie he carries it obviously he has to it's yep. just him but duncan jones direction some of the scenes in it fantastic and it was done really well in the fact that they made it look believable like a lot of a lot of science fiction like space station movies everything's too clean whereas this made it look like it looks like big. a guy who's lived in this place for three years yeah exactly you know, there was, it was lived in yeah it, it was dirty enough to be believable yeah and Again, without spoiling anything in the movie, there was one scene and one piece of music that I'm going to chuck at the end of the episode. So for anyone who has seen it, knows. Yeah, so I'll get a bit of a chuckle out of the uh, the music at the end of this one's episode, and anyone else is probably thinking, why the hell are they putting this song at the end of the episode? But that scene, for me, was probably one of the best pieces of cinema I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's like um, Wolf of Wall Street, terrible film, but there's a 10-minute section in that when he's on the Quaaludes, which is freaking hilarious. Don't need the rest of the film. Just that 10 seconds. This had like, a two-minute sequence, which is just like... Gold. Yeah, and again, on the opposite side to that is this is a good film, and that bit just like was the icing on the cake, wasn't it? Yeah, and, yes. and it's a pretty heavy film, but it's not heavy as in it's really depressing or sad. It's not like Event Horizon or anything like that. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, it, it's slow-paced. There's not a lot happening. This is a great moment just to sort of break up the monotony that is being on a space station for yeah. three years. So For me, he had a, a touch of the Gary Oldmans. I could really see oh, yeah. a Gary Oldman doing that sort of role. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I was very impressed with this. So, yeah, if anything, take it away from this. Um, see, Mood Primer's good if it's your thing and it could, you've got to pay attention. I, You know, you find yourself drifting off of the iPad for a while and you've, you've yeah, missed you've a missed whole lot of conversation because chunk. they're not good actors, like we said, and it's a lot of dialogue. But yeah. um, Moon's a far easier film to get into and I'd say a better film just because of the it people awards, involved. Didn't, it? didn't you win BAFTAs or something for it? Probably. Yeah. I won a lot of best of lists yeah, exactly. for the yeah. year and things yeah. like that. And as I said, I, I remember it being quite a buzz for it when it came out, but I don't really know why I didn't see it at the time. Probably because we're off having kids, I don't know. Like, Probably. Yeah, 2009, we would have had a two-year-old and another one almost on the way, so I don't know. But 
that doesn't seem to slow you down four movies with a, a newborn yeah well, very exactly. very um, understanding wife yes well that was our challenge as I said if, if you've seen them good for you it'd be interesting to see what you think and if you haven't seen them I would recommend I actually I'd recommend all four but I would highly recommend Moon as far as just the concept was very clever and the delivery was very well done excellent uh, yes alrighty well that probably brings us to a nice wrap up of this month's episode Yep. As I said, I'm going to dig up Katrina and the waves walking on sunshine to check on the end of the uh, the episode, and people that have seen Moon will get a bit of a chuckle. Yes, you look like a yellow tampon. <laughs> yes. All right, on that note, bitch, if you want to drop us a line, you can find us on Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the massive attack podcast. You can find us on our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com. Drop us a line on the MA podcast at Gmail. Find us on all the places you find podcasts. And until then, we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Amazing.